Shalom, this is Rabbi David Tilkiger of Congregation Mayim Chaim, the Eastern Shores Messianic Synagogue in Daphne, Alabama. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast of our message from Shabbat service. We pray it is a blessing to you and that you see the beauty and light of Yeshua Meshicheinu Yeshua, our Messiah, in every word you hear. Amen. We're going to be talking today about hell. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to lift you all up today. No, um, it is real, by the way. But what I'm going to talk to you today today about is um, Genesis 18 and the promise of a son. <coughs> but inside of that, I think that in life, um, through the different phases of life, even because we know life, life, it has cycles to it, right? Not only do you have ups and downs, but you have different phases. So, you know, you're young and growing up, and you got all this energy, and the world is new, and everything's great, and you get to be a teenager, and if you're like me, then, you know, you screw a bunch of things up, and uh, but you have the rest of your life to look forward to. Um, you're young, and you get married, and marriage has a cycle to it. You wake up, and you're like, oh, wow, this is great, one to three years three to five years you go what the heck did I was I thinking why in the world did I do this I must have been crazy um, then they have what's called after that segment kind of the 10-year itch don't scratch it by the way um, then you you you, you kind of go through you know uh, kids leaving the house and they're kind of in between that and empty nest and what do we do now and that type of thing um, I don't know beyond that I've only heard because that's as far as I've gotten right right uh, some people say they come back but you know I did a couple times but anyway what I want to talk to you about for a little bit today is um, our identity you know our identity seems to be uh, changing right continually there's some there's some significant staples in our life who definitely have made us who we are but um, when we when we become new believers in Yeshua and we've been regenerated uh, by the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, does that life have to continue to be or go on as it has been? Does our identity change from that standpoint? I think if we look at the life uh, of Abraham then we see there were some drastic things going on in his life. I want to talk about uh, Adonai visiting him and the two witnesses and kind of what was going on in his life during that time period and kind of go between um, what was happening before Genesis 18 and then kind of carry us through Genesis 18 and then talk about how those things um move and ebb and flow in our life. So what I want to do today is encourage you, want to ed educate you, and then I want to want to teach us or help us to be encouraged to exercise and expedite who we are in Messiah. So as I read,
I'll just start with um, chapter 18, verse 1, and then I'll go back and give you some background there and then go forwards a little bit. I'll read more than just one, verse 1. So, Genesis 18, <clears throat> the promise of a son is the title there. Then Adonai appeared to him at Mamre's large trees while he was sitting in the entrance of the tent during the heat of the day. When he lifted up his eyes to see, suddenly three men were standing right by him. When he saw them, he ran from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed down to the ground. Then he said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your eyes, please do not pass by your servant. Please let a little water be brought so that you can wash your feet and make and make yourselves comfortable under the tree. Let me bring a bit of bread so that you can refresh yourselves. Then you can pass on since you have passed by your, by your servant. They said, do just as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the, the tent to Sarah and said, Quick, knead three measures of fine flour and prepare bread loaves. Then to the herd, Abraham ran and took a young ox, tender and good, and he gave it to the servant to, uh, who prepared it quickly. Then he took butter and milk and the young ox that he had prepared and set it before them. While he was standing by them under the tree, they ate. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? There in the tent, he said. Then he said, I will most surely return to you in a year's time. Surprising you, surprisingly, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah says, <laughs> Okay, the Bible doesn't say that really, but it sounded good Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent which was behind him now Abraham and Sarah were old advanced in years Sarah had stopped having the way of a woman so Sarah laughed to herself after I've grown decrepit can I have desire and my Lord so old then Adonai said to Abraham Abraham why is it that Sarah laughed saying can I really give birth when I'm old is anything too difficult for Adonai? At the, pointed, at the appointed time, I will return to you in about a year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, saying, I didn't laugh, for she was afraid. But he said, no, you laughed. <laughs> isn't, isn't that kind of funny? So Abraham's been promised a son, right? Got to kind of correlate this to our lives as well. Abraham's been promised a son. God's promised him, hey, just as sure as the stars of the heavens are, uh, are, are as many, your people are going to be blessed. So we go a little bit forward from that. Um, you know, Genesis uh, 13 through like 15, 16. Um, the, the story goes that Sarah gets frustrated, right? She's like, look, there's Hagar. We've been promised a son. Just go over there. Just That's where you're going to get your son from. So we know the story. 
Abraham and Hagar conceive, and Ishmael is born. So then, before that, Sarah's pretty ticked off now, right? Even though she told her husband to go and do that. Hey, go over there and procreate with her, and um, there's, that's where your promise is going to come from. And then, after all that happens, we see that, oh, and by the way, you, know, you understand that the birth of Ishmael and Sarah, I mean, uh, Ishmael from uh, Abraham and Hagar was before his circumcision. I think that's kind of important. But so afterwards, and I'm going to, I promise I'll tie this in together moving forward. <coughs> so after that, they have the son. Sarah's ticked off about, about that fact. Then God comes to Abraham and says, I'm sorry, that wasn't working. Not from God's perspective, but you messed up and did the wrong thing. Then he says, I want you to circumcise yourself, all of your servants, and everyone else who's in your tribe. There has to be some sense of Abraham, I would think, I would be like, what in the world is going on? There's drama all over the place. So I have my wife. She told me that it's okay to go and be with this other woman. Kind of weird. I went and I was with her by my wife's permission, that she gave me permission to go and, and procreate with this other woman. I did. Now she's mad at me again. She goes and she beats this woman, but we still have this child. I thought it was going to be the promised child, but God says this is not the promised child because it didn't come from Sarah. Therefore, I want you to go cut your flesh. And everybody else, do you think there's some drama going on in this situation? I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we're kind of like, oh, yeah, this is just such a great story. And we really don't put ourselves in the actual con context of what's going on. Oh, my gosh, not only, I won't go into all the other stuff with that. I'll move past all that. But the deal is, is that it's after the circumcision of Abraham that the blessing comes. So, and then the Lord, Adonai, comes and visits him. I'm not saying this is a formula. I'm not saying that this is, um, you know, you take these ten steps and you do these ten things and then, uh, you know, your life is going to be blessed beyond measure and blah, 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 blah. But it seems to be really significant that... The Lord says, Jeremiah 31, circumcise your heart. Allow me to circumcise your heart. When you do the deeds that you do in the flesh, then you're only going to have offspring or fruit that is wild. When you do what I ask you to do, as I am circumcising your heart of hearts in your flesh, then I will bless you. I will do great things through you and in you. It's only until we come to a point of surrender in our lives that God can really move. Otherwise, He's always trying to get our attention. How many of you even before 
that regeneration, that salvation experience, can say that you had experiences where you know God was trying to get your attention. But now, it should be ever more evident that he's not just trying to get our attention, but that we're walking step by step with him every day, hearing his voice and walking in his ways, because we know who we are. So I'm going to flip forward to Romans 12. It says, uh, I urge you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the will of God and what is and w- what is good and acceptable and perfect. For the as I stutter, for through the grace given me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to use sound judgment as God has assigned to each person a measure of faith. For just as we have many parts in one body, all the parts do not have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Messiah, and every one parts of one another we have gifts that differ according to the grace that was given to us if prophecy in proportion to our faith if service in our serving or the one who teaches in his teaching or the one who exhorts in his exhortation the one who gives in generosity the one who leads with diligence the one who shows mercy with cheerfulness let love be without hypocrisy detesting what is evil holding fast to what is good Be tenderly devoted to one another in brotherly love. Outdo one another in giving honor. Do not be lagging lagging in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Keep serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, enduring in distress, persistent in prayer, contributing to the needs of the Kiddoshim, extending hospitality. And he goes on to say, bless those who persecute you. So when, when we move from a life of just living in the flesh, to a life of a heart that has that, that we've given over to the Lord and allowed Him to work on, we then begin to live this type of life where we where our mind our it, it says right here, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. How do we do that? By renewing our mind. See, I think we have it backwards sometimes, just kind of like Abraham and Sarah had it backwards. Hey in your body, in your flesh, I want you to go be with this other woman. Then the Spirit of God comes, Adonai comes and says, hey, I've got this promise for you. Sarah's going to have a child. We laugh at the promise after his circumcision. And then the promise comes. In the midst of all this, I think that there's an identity crisis that's going on with Abraham. I don't know if I would have been able to um, I was going to say flesh it all out, but you know, kind of, kind of, kind of go through or parse, you know, what's going on. It's it, it's event after event, but life happens. So I want to talk to you about our identity, who we are. It's the point I'm trying to get to. <laughs> who are we? Where did we come from? 
What is our makeup? Where are we going? Do we play the victim in our lives? Well, my mom and dad did this to me, and so I'm always going to be this, I'm always going to be that, or I had an uncle who abused me, or I had all these different things happen in my life, or my dad's an alcoholic, his dad was an alcoholic, I'm always going to be an alcoholic, or whatever the case is in our lives. We have people who study genealogies. I know people who study them, you know, in emphatically that's in my own family and you're this and you came from this and so you, you got to be careful because this is in your genetics and this is going to happen and blah 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 and it's like the world keeps saying this is your identity live like you want to do like you want to it doesn't matter because all these things are going to happen to you anyway it's like the self-fulfilling prophecy of negativity in our lives continuously but the Bible says that we have been given a new mind as believers. And that new mind comes through the washing of the water of the Word. That means that we have to be in the Word on a daily basis. How else are we going to come to find to, to live life if we're not reading this? I had something powerful happen to me last week I was being a jerk I know that's shocking to probably all of you right <clears throat> I was I was being a jerk um, watching the Alabama LSU game and uh, I pitched a fit and all this kind of stuff the next morning My wife, the Demetrius side of her, uh, came in and uh, she said, I got to talk to you. I'm like, oh, shoot, here it comes, right? She says, Lynn Huey, you're better than that. those thoughts kind of rung through she was saying it with encouragement she was ticked off but she was saying it with encouragement but people of God aren't we better than walking in the flesh haven't we been given the utensils utensils all the tools are in our toolbox to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh we have been given the mind of Mashiach all we have to do is walk it out all his promises are yes and amen so I'm calling all of us forth let's be better tomorrow than we were today not in the flesh because you know what I've tried to quit stuff. I've tried to, to make things happen. I've tried to push forward in life. I've tried to be aggressive and just go and do all these and make my own way and watch doors open and all that kind of stuff. 
But unless God's in it, it's not going to happen. If we walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5 talks about it. If we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Do you know that it's easier? It doesn't sound like it. It's easier for me to lay my life down and watch God open doors and watch God move than it is for me to try to push those doors open because I'm going to waste so much time, so much energy, create heartache and pain for myself and for the rest of my family and my extended family members than I ever would have other than just letting God be God. Isn't that what happened with Abraham and Sarah? Now we have Ishmael and those descendants who are wild and crazy. In that continual battle there versus waiting on the promise of God that says if you wait on me, I will renew your strength. You can run and not faint, right? Walk and not grow weary. I don't know which one it is. I get them backwards sometimes. But we'll have the strength we need. So when we learn to grow in our identity, so I want to talk to you about three things briefly about who we are in Mashiach. One of the first things that we are in Mashiach is we're accepted. Did you know that as a child of the Most High God, you are accepted? There's no place that you've ever gone to. There's nothing that you have ever done that can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing that has ever happened to you that you cannot overcome. That is not who you are. That is your past. We have a new identity because we are new creations created in Mashiach for His service. We are His workmanship. Did you know that Paul said, we're either going, we're, gonna, we're slaves. I'm sorry, we're slaves. I'm either going to be a slave to the flesh or the devil and follow that out, or I'm going to be a slave to Messiah. Either way, we're laying down our lives for something else. Sin in the world's going to accept you. They're not rejecting you. It's only until we start taking on the character and the nature of Mashiach that they start to reject us. That was a side note. So who am I? I'm accepted. So John 1, 2 says, I am God's child. John 15 and 15 says, as his disciple, I'm his friend. Romans 5, 1 says, I have been justified. I have been declared righteous. You have been declared the righteousness of God in Messiah. You have been accepted. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, I'm united with the Lord and I am one with Him in spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, I have been bought with a price and I belong to God. We have been bought. We have been redeemed. We belong to Him. Shouldn't we move towards 
rising up and acting like it. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, I'm a member of his body. Ephesians 1, 3 through 8 says, I've been chosen by God and adopted as his child. You know, adoption is a pretty amazing thing. You know why? Because that child was chosen. The parents chose that child in the adoption process. Sometimes adopted kids are made fun of. You know, ah, ha, ha, you didn't have a real mom and daddy, or you don't know who they are, or blah, 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 blah. Your parents, you know, my parents had me, and... Okay. We are adopted. God chose us while we were yet sinners. We have been accepted. Colossians 1, 13, 14 says, I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. Thank the Lord for that one. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, I have direct access to the throne of grace through Messiah. Did you know that we are so accepted that we have a VIP pass 24-7 without limits to the throne room of God? The Bible says we can boldly approach the throne of grace and make our petitions known. So I'm accepted. I'm secure. Hey, look, God's not one day just going to decide that he doesn't like you anymore, and so he's going to kick you out the club. <laughs> right? We should rest assured that part of our identity is that we have been secured through him, uh, th that the Ruach HaKodesh has enveloped us and sealed us in that envelope, handed it to the Lord, and we're in there. We have been secured with Him. We're free from condemnation. We're assured that God works for our good in all circumstances. Uh, I'm free from any condemnation brought against me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. Isn't that powerful? I'm accepted. I'm secure. Nothing can separate me from God's love. I'm confident that God will complete the good work that He started in me. Why? Because we're citizens of heaven. And we've not been given a spirit of fear, but we've been given power, love, and a sound mind. So I'm accepted, I'm secure, and lastly, I'm significant. We are, the, we are a branch of the true vine. We have been plugged into Israel. We've been plugged into who God is. We've been plugged into Adonai. We've been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. So when we come in to the redemption of the Lord, it is our job also, His job is the vine dresser, to come and pluck out stuff in our lives that shouldn't be there. What stinks is sometimes we run back out and try to sneak off and look for those same things and pull them back in our life. Okay, I'll move on from that one. Um, <laughs> he'll come and he'll, 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 he'll do all the clippings and say, okay, now I want something else to grow there. The 
fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, meekness, temperance, kindness, patience, long-suffering, and self-control. And the fruit of the Lord, how will they know that we belong to Him? By our love what? One for another. That love, His love, is going to grow in you when you are more confident in who you are in Him. We are seated with Him in the heavenly realm. We are God's workmanship. Anything that's significant to me, I'm working on. Anything that's significant to you in your work, if you cook in a restaurant, if you uh, build ships, if you pour into people's lives, whatever, whatever it is that you do, if you homeschool and you're teaching your kids, whatever it is, you're building something of significance. Therefore, you're going to pay extra attention to it because that's your work. We are God's work. He's paying attention to you because he wants the good fruit to continue to come from your life and from my life. We're going to go through identity crisis in life. We're going to go through the ups and downs. We're going to have, hopefully we don't have all the Abraham and Sarah moments, right? <laughs> in our lives. But in the midst of that, I said all this today to say, when we become more secure in our identity as far as being in the body of Messiah, we become a solidified unit, a solidified body working together. And then when all those things come our way and we learn our identity is in Mashiach, then those other things don't really bother us as we learn to mature in Him. We get some of our identity from our parents. We get some of our identity from uh, a background. We get some of our identity from you know, f from generational blessings and cursings that have come into our lives. We get our identity from those things, but those things do not determine who we are. What matters is, is our mind being changed? Are we being transformed by the renewing of our mind every single day so that we can operate the same way that Messiah operated. Understanding the, the love of, of the Father in our lives. Understanding that He's for us and not against us. Abraham and Sarah messed up. Sarah laughed at God. Abraham lied about the fact that his wife was really who she was. They had mess-ups in, in their lives. I think sometimes we use as an excuse oh well that's just the way it is so that's the way it's always going to be so I'm going to continue these bad habits or these bad things in my life anyway that's an excuse well everybody messes up God wants our standard of living to be holiness to walk in his ways but we only can do that with victory 
when we allow Him to do it through us. Surrender is one of the hardest things to do. When I read through the book of Psalms, I was thinking, I had thought about David as a mighty warrior and he was a conqueror and he did all these things. The book of Psalms, David continued to say, Lord, this is out of my hands. This enemy is ever before me. How, how are we going to do this? He laid his life down. God gave him the battle plan and they went out. Lord, if you're not with me in this battle, we're not going to fight because I know we're going to get our butt kicked. What is it in your life where you know you're having an identity crisis? Maybe you lack love in an area and this same pattern continues. We keep falling back into this or into that and we don't know why. Friend, family, I tell you today, if we will surrender that to God and know that every answer, every answer to life is in this book. And this is not just words on a page. The Word of God is life and will come alive in your life and will show you and teach you exactly how to overcome where you are. But it comes through us laying our lives down, letting Him do His work in us, letting Him put that tattoo on us, if you will, where He's been there, and then we see permanent change. I'm going to pray for us today. Father, I pray that that you will begin to help us surrender our lives totally and completely to you, to understand that work's done in the flesh. Uh, will only make a mess but works that are accomplished in the spirit are permanent and I pray Father that you will help us to continue to be people who lay down our lives and take on a new identity our past doesn't dictate to us what our future is going to be just because someone speaks curses into our lives does not mean that, that those will come to pass because your word speaks blessing and your word says that we will move forward. We can be overcomers. We are more than conquerors through him who overwhelmingly loves us. Father, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice this morning will begin to see that new identity the new creation rise up within them that their minds will be changed because your word is speaking to them every single day 
leading us, guiding us, directing us, and correcting us so that we can walk in your ways as your sons and daughters. So I thank you and I praise you that you're our Father we're your children and you love us. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, I pray. If you just want to sit there with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you want prayer this morning, we're more than happy to pray for you. You don't necessarily have to come up to the front uh, to get prayer or anything like that. I'm not trying to make a spectacle of anybody. But if you want prayer, pull me aside. Pull Didi aside or, or uh, John, our, our other elder. Somebody you trust. We need each other. And without one another, we will die. If you're struggling in an area, ask the Lord. Please help me. He is our ever-present help in a time of need, in a time of trouble.
stand together. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes and wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and leave me in your love to go. encouragement to us this week is rise up family rise up sons and daughters of the Lord rise up in your faith rise up to who you're called to be rise up and let's receive the mind of Yeshua rise up and let's walk in his promises and walk in his ways every single day I say rise up family rise up time to rise up. Let's rise up together. One body, one unit, one family with the mind of Christ, the mind of Mashiach, (laughs) and let's walk this thing out together. You know, the more that we become like Him in our minds, the stronger we be, not just separately, but when we're together. Let's be there for one another. Let's lift each other up this week. Call somebody this week who you normally haven't called. Check on them. Hey, how are you doing? What's going on? How can I pray for you? We could assign people names and that kind of stuff, but then that would kind of take the fun out of it. Reach out to one another in love. Reach out to your your, your family and, and your work family. Say, hey, how can I pray for you today? What's that going to do? That's going to show them and show yourself that the mind of Mashiach is working in your life. He wants to flow through us to show this love to everyone else around.